I seen right now I was in the Starbucks line and then I seen there was a squirrel walking down the power line. <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the drive-thru and then there's a bird straight getting that dude's oh, he's like, oh, oh. Nice. I started making across the line and the birds all attacking him. It was funny, dude. You should have made a commentary on yeah, it. Yeah, because and then and I just realized right now, that's the same type of birds. They have like a little white white across their yeah. tail. And they're fast ones, like but this same type of bird I seen like years ago. I have a video. It's in Discovery it's in Channel in the hood. <laughs> yeah. I was standing. I was, I was leaving my house. And up the street, this bird, there was a cat in the middle of the street. And this bird was doing the same thing. Just coming down, hitting him in the face. The cat's like jumping up, like trying to swipe him. But he couldn't get him. Dude, this guy was just all like, Oh, nature. You Ray, him, Ray, Ray goes up. He's all, world star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Here we go. Let's get this podcast started. Welcome to the Rod of Iron Podcast, Fundamental Baptist, breaking down discussions, dogma, and daily events. I am your host, Pastor Bruce Mejia, First Works Baptist Church in Amani, California. Joined by the fundamentalists in our church, Brother Marco Sanchez, Hightov Mason, Ray Flores, and then right here in the corner, we got Brother Paul Quesada chiming in every <laughs> couple of times. So we got some uh, exciting things to talk about this evening. Uh, we're going to be mostly talking about the false doctrine of preterism and we're going to be debunking that throughout this video and then we might get into some Obamagate conspiracies and um, just kind of shoot the breeze and see what else we can come up with in our conversation so ready to go you guys ready yeah, you had it. a good week or what yeah oh you beat me to it <laughs> 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 Dropping bows. Yeah. Yeah, that's wall. right. We saw that. <laughs> we saw we saw uh, Yeah, when you when you posted that picture, I thought you had actually like dropped a bow on someone. No. He was using that jit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh man, this guy took that yeah. podcast to heart. <laughs> it was funny because I mean like So what time, happened? So tell us what happened. So we got a call saying like, hey, you know, there's this guy harassing. You're a bouncer. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they say <laughs> They say, um, hey, we got we got this guy by the back gate. He's harassing residents. He's smoking weed, and so we're, we head back <laughs> over there, right? Mm -hmm. So we're heading back over there, and then like um, we arrive and we tell the guy, he's like, hey, you gotta leave. You're not you're not you're not a, not a resident here. You gotta bounce, you know. And so he doesn't listen. He's like, man, whatever. And like he cusses it out. And then like um, <laughs> then I told him, I told I told my coworker, I was like, hey, call the police. <laughs> and then, like. Uh, <laughs> I tell him, call the police. So he gets mad and like, cause we start calling the police. And so he comes at us and I'm like, what the heck is this Come guy? Come at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Like, he start coming at us like furiously, right? Cause <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so he like takes a swing at me. And so I was like, I dug down and I just went behind him and it just like kind of just suplexed him and threw him on the ground and got him in a full Nelson. But I guess when I was coming down. Kind either, of just suplexed him? Yeah. Kind of. Cause I just like picked it, got him from his waist, and just like tossed it. Hey, we don't there. do things halfway here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to hurt him either. Cause well, I, that's why he I did the full did... Nelson, not the half, no half Nelson. <laughs> oh, you said? Did you say a half Nelson? No, I put a full Nelson. Oh, full him. Nelson. No. Okay. No, no, he no, redeemed no. himself. <laughs> <laughs> but like my 400 pound coworker, he was there and he wasn't doing nothing. Get him, Marcos. <laughs> Get him, boy. Pounds, bro. <laughs> yeah. That was rough. <laughs> it was funny because it was his call. He's the one that got the call. He's the one blowing the whistle. Yeah. <laughs> but either when I was going down or when I was like, because we were right next to the wall. When I got him in the pool, Nelson, my elbow hit the stucco on the wall. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Today at work, I seen a car crash. Like, <laughs> I was outside. We're loading up up a truck, and then uh, I was in the Why back. Why is that funny, Marco? Because <laughs> it's just like the transition from This guy is kind of morbid. <laughs> I was in the back of a trailer, man. He's like, someone died. He's like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> And then I thought someone Dang, you're cold-hearted, dude. I was in the back of a trailer. My buddy had just used a forklift, and he had backed out, and then went back in to grab another pallet. And then uh, I was in the back of uh, like a big old trailer, right? And I just hear a boom right outside the trailer. I thought he got hit on the forklift. And I was like, oh, dude, this guy's done. 
And then I went outside, but it was just two cars. They smashed into each other like head on. I was like, I guess they were trying to go. One was trying to go around the trailer, the truck, and then the other one was going straight out the right away. And she had like three kids in the car. So oh, dang, like, dude. All right. And How many of you ever actually been in right. a car accident? Or oh, you've been in a motorcycle accident, right? Three of them. Oh, oh dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah, three of them. They're, they're all my fault. <laughs> Every single accident, my fault. How fast were you going? <laughs> like, like what? You hit a wall? Or? No. Uh, my first accident, it was in the rain. I was a fairly new rider, uh, so I, I, my bike slid out from underneath me because I was going too fast. It was raining, red light. I slid underneath the car. That was my first accident. Second accident. Um, I was, yeah, still going too fast, and again, red <laughs> light, too many cars. I thought I could go between them, uh, but I couldn't because it was too narrow. And I ended up like doing doing a front flip off my bike. Dude. And, and landing on your feet? Almost, yeah. No, I landed on my rear end. He's always snapping. And I my feet. almost landed on my feet. But my bike was still standing up straight. When I look back, my bike was still standing up straight, and I tried to make it in time to catch it so it doesn't fall, but I didn't. So basically, you try to play it off. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I would have front flip and be like, yeah, I got it this time. Yeah, yeah. just like walk it's back. A trick. Oh, it was a and then my third accident, I almost died because it was on the freeway and I was coming in too fast. Um, yeah, that's what happens. You get in a motorcycle accident most of the time because you're cocky, you know, not because, you know, you just think you're all bad. And yeah. Yeah, you get into what, kind of, what kind of so, uh, bike was it? Um, I had three bikes. So I had a Kawasaki 636 Ninja 2005. Um, I had what? It, That's a long a name. Bike. Oh, okay. All right. I had a Yamaha R1 2012 and I had a 2012 R6. But my third accident, I was going, uh, I, I took a turn too fast. And again, my bike slid out from underneath me. And I ended up rolling from like the first lane on the freeway to oh, the fourth lane on the freeway. And I could literally see He's all, cars like Then I went on the line. other side of the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow I ended up back on the other freeway. So the moral of the story is you don't know how to ride motorcycles. <laughs> 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 I heard, I don't know if it's true, but I heard like when you have a motorcycle, it's not like if you're going to get in an accident. It's just a matter of when. Eh. Is that true? No, I wouldn't After say four that. accidents, you would know. say, eh? Yeah. No. <laughs> He's all, I don't believe that. I don't believe that one bit. Why would you think that? He's all three out of three times, maybe. <laughs> I was my own worst enemy for sure, for sure. I was my own worst enemy on a motorcycle. So and I statistics still want to get a too. bike, but you know, who has a bike in our church? Uh, Moses got huh? a bike. A brother Alex has a bike. I don't but, know if he's. But he's a Terminator. Ride. He can handle it. <laughs> Alex, who? Well, Alex oh yeah. Solis. Solis, oh, yeah. he rides a bike. Yeah. Yeah. With his daughter? Nay. No. Nay. Nay. Okay. And, um, but he has brother a bike. Michael, Michael Kasimov. Michael Kasimov has a bike. Michael Kasimov is an interesting, yeah, Cass. young Cass. He's an interesting character. Yeah. So he still has a bike. I think so. He also has a deep, deep blue, or excuse me, deep red. Yeah. 82 Eldorado. No, 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 not that Eldorado. He has a Cadillac. Cadillac DeVille. Cadillac DeVille. Oh, He's Russian. He's Russian, Russian, baby. What's up, Keith? What up? He was a, he's an Armenian that was born in Russia. He was yeah okay he's, so he's, he's Russian. Armenian, bro. Yeah. I thought he, he fell from the sky or something. Again, who's Armenian and who's not? Yeah, he's Tell Russian. He's, <laughs> when I when you talk to Moses, you re, you you recognize this boy Russian. What is he Russian for? <laughs> that was a really bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, those guys, basically, they need to take what they typically do in the comment section or in the group chat and just kind of, like, unload that. Yeah, pipe up a little bit. In church. Or start your own chat. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, Keith? Just got off work. Got off of work. Speaking to the mic, man. Yeah, uh, my work opened up now after the, you know, new regulations are being lifted. So it's been been pretty busy, so I've been out kind of late. So good stuff. But I'm here. Yeah, amen. (laughs) Hey, better late than never. Right. So let me read you this in light of that. Oh, wait, no, no. This is Obamagate. That's not what I wanted to do. (laughs) Justice Department tells California its reopening plan could disfavor churches. So have you guys heard about that? No. They they wrote a letter to Governor Newscom. Yep. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Kind of telling him, like, you need to let the churches reopen. Yeah, the Fed's on our side. Yeah. On the Christian side. On the religious side. AG Barr. 
Hey, I, I think that I, I, that's good news, though. You know, I'm glad. The, I don't know who it was, but they sent them a letter saying that um, you need a lot to let the re, the churches reopen. You know, and so or else, or else, the guy's a hypocrite. Oh yeah, news coming. That guy's in Montana, like living it up right now. He took his family to Montana. He's having a vacation out there, and he's just kind of like taking advantage of the fact that they have. Things are opening up over there, and people are calling them out, saying, "Man, so you're leading by example, or what?" Why, while your state is over here on lockdown, you're over there in Montana, just living it up with your family, you little hypocrite. A lot of wolves out there. This is the same guy who's just this homo lover too. You guys remember that years ago? He's the one who was who um, he made that statement. He was when they were talking about allowing homos to to marry. Yeah. He was like, "It's gonna happen, whether you like it or not." It's the same guy. Well, he was like the mayor of San Francisco, and like during her, like his term there, he was like caught in adultery. Yeah, <laughs> he committed. Yeah, he committed adultery with his assistants yeah, or his yeah, yeah. his yeah. campaign manager. His campaign manager's his wife. His campaign manager's wife. Like, scum, dude. <laughs> what a big thank you to. I him. posted it on Twitter yesterday, and I posted it on like Governor New Scum, Nuisance, Governor New Scum. Thank you for helping me out with my campaign. Yeah, <laughs> here's seriously. A, here's how I'm gonna repay you. Guy's lame, dude. But it, like, also there was like um, times where he like took like bribe money from the company PG and E, like um, like a good old fashioned uh, my, politician, my, yeah, <laughs> to take money like basically to bribe politics and stuff like that. So he's been known to be a scum. I can't yeah, wait until Christians start permeating man. politics, man. Ushering in the kingdom. Yeah, let's go. Ushering in the kingdom where all the uh, yeah, right all now. the Christians are gonna permeate society. And, and that's gonna usher in the second coming of Christ. I'm gonna be like Newsom, get out of my chair, boy. <laughs> we're just kidding, Marcos. That's not really gonna happen. Oh. Oh. We were being <laughs> facetious. We were actually ragging on people who believe in that doctrine. Jeff, Jeff I thought we were talking about Jeff the Durbin. millennial reign right now. <laughs> the, the millennial. Who's this? Yes, brother Ulysses. Durbin's gonna take over all the alcohol <laughs> manufacturing plants and all that stuff is gonna be his. So, are you joining the podcast today or what? You're listening in? All right. You can listen tomorrow when, it, when it's posted. You don't have to come. He, he wants it live. Two blocks away. He wants it in person. All right, so let's talk about this this thing of preterism. Okay. I talked to... <laughs> Anything that starts with pre, like pre-trip, preterism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is it all pre-stuff? You know what I mean? <laughs> Guys, man. The only pre thing I am is pre wrath. Everything else I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see the rest of it. You know what I mean? Everything else I want to be there besides the wrath. So preterism is this ideology that basically everything that the Book of Revelation says, or, or just what they would consider, what they would call eschatology, end times Bible prophecy. These things have already been fulfilled. So and, and there's there's mild preterism and then there's hyper preterism where they'll say well the second coming of christ has already taken place where you know there's there are those that will say the millennial reign has already taken place from the ascension of christ to 70 a.d that was the millennial reign or some would say well millennial a thousand years is just symbolic and we're in the millennial reign and you know it's going to end at the second what they would consider to be the second coming of christ with christ coming on a white horse and so they'll basically claim that the Antichrist has already come. The resurrection has already taken place. The second coming has already happened. All of these end times Bible prophecies that we would consider to not yet have taken place, it's going to take place in the future, yeah. has already happened. Yeah. Now, why is this dangerous? Okay. Why would we want to expose this false doctrine of preterism? By the way, let, let me just say this, is that even though as a whole it's, it's you know, that they're... Their teaching is false. Yeah. Yeah. We do believe in a form of preterism, yeah. which is that some of these things have taken place, yep. but the things, the events that have taken place are a foreshadowing of its ultimate fulfillment in the book of Revelation, right? Yeah. And ultimately what Satan does, he takes a little bit of truth and he mixes in a lot of lies yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Got to have some truth. But why would it be dangerous? What do well, you think? Because it takes us, it takes people away from from watching out for the Antichrist. So like, you know, with most false eschatology, which is just, uh, come on, dude. But it, with most of it that's false, it's like it all has that that element to it, is that, you know, you're not watching for the Antichrist. So whether it's pre-trib, preterism, I mean, I guess those are the main ones, but are even post-trib, traditional post-trib, but it's like 
none of them are watching for the Antichrist. Well, let's just say know? this, is that when it comes to end times Bible prophecy, one of the main instructions that Jesus Christ gives us is that we are to be vigilant. Yeah. We are to be constantly be watching, right? And not necessarily watching for, for political events, but rather watching in the spirit because we know that the time is at hand. You know, these events are still in the future, have not taken place. So if you believe these events have already taken place, there's no need to watch. Yeah, that's a good point. There's yeah. no need to be vigilant. It's already happened, yep. you know. But the danger in that is that the Antichrist has not yet come. Now, hold on a second. We didn't say the Antichrist have not yet come, but the Antichrist yeah. has not yet come because yep. there are many Antichrists, yep. yeah. you know, even today, right? And each and every one of them is a, a precursor to the main Antichrist is going to come to rule the world, you right. understand? And so, you know, there's a lot of ways we could debunk this. We'll, we'll start with a couple of them, but just to start off with that is that's the reason why preterism is dangerous and and here's the thing is like back in the day it was pretty popular the seven day adventists like you mentioned right yeah, they're the yeah, ones exactly. who kind of popularized yeah. it with lng white and it kind of lost traction you had your pockets of people who believed it but because of the internet yep. it seems to be making a resurgence amongst christian groups where you have safe people even believing these things you know and it's a, it's a foolish doctrine to say that all of these things have taken place and at which point we would have to completely disregard the book of Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so um, but we mentioned that preterism finds its origins with Ellen G. White yeah. and the seven day, seven day Adventist cult. Yeah, because I was doing some research today and then I um, uh, I just looked at preterism. I click on one of the first videos like uh, one of them was like a slideshow guy giving like a class to them. I just went to like a guy who was like just. By know, the way, like, preterism videos are boring. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so I go to a guy who just like it wasn't too long, and then he was just him talking on his computer and stuff. But he told he I guess he grew up a Baptist and he was pre-trib dispensational and stuff like that. His parents are Baptists, but he said uh, a Seven Day Adventist left uh, that book, the Great Controversy, on his door, and he was like, "Oh well, if they were nice enough to give it to me, then you know I should read it." And I was almost like. Tuh. These guys, man, <laughs> throw it in the garbage, bro. I threw yeah. that thing away. But anyway, so he's like, oh, I read it. And then, so it's like, and then, uh, then he And he was a that. Baptist. Yeah, he was a Baptist. So he went from that and then he got all into R.C. Sproul and stuff. It's like, oh, why man. is it all these heretics? Like, why? And then this other uh, guy um, who's like on my Instagram, who's always preterist, always asking me all stuff about preterism. Like, dude, like, stop, dude. <laughs> but anyways, he, he was, I was like, hey, man, I was like, convert me, bro. Send me some of them preterism videos. Let me see what you got. He's like, well, you know, all the stuff I got is from like COC. I was like, COC. He's like, yeah, Church of Christ. Church I was like, Christ. dude, why is it all heretics? <laughs> like, why, why is no one saved that believes this? That's a bad sign when your your greatest arguments or the the best teachers on this subject are a bunch of heretics. Yeah, they don't understand the Bible because yeah, Church of the, Christ the fruit, is, not fruit is corrupt. Good. Yeah, they their their salvation is way corrupt. Yeah, yeah. what about okay. Josephus, guys? about Josephus. Yeah, so that was his thing. So he was like, oh, oh well, when I um, realized that, I, I mean, apparently dispensationalists or pre-trip don't believe that anything happened in 8070. He's like, oh, well, well, you know, in the destruction of the temple in 8070, I was like, well, duh. I mean, I, I acknowledge that. I mean, yeah. who doesn't? I thought everybody does. Yeah. This is the fact. I was like, I was like, oh. And that other guy who's on my Instagram who who's getting into the new IFB and stuff, he told me that too. And I was like, I was like, well, yeah. I mean, he's like, well, what about when you see Jerusalem compassed with armies? Didn't that happen? I was like, yeah. I mean, Titus. You know what I mean? The, uh, so let Daniel me ask you. So the the fact that it's already happened does that does that basically put a barrier to God and end uh, times Bible prophecy that a it lot can, of no, never happen ever again? There's a lot again? of dual prophecies in the Bible. That's yeah, what's so exactly. profound about it. Yeah. In fact, the Bible uh, is filled with foreshadowings. Because yeah. it, it it helps to basically condition your mind to prepare for yeah. that future event. Exactly. Look, I, I mean, think about the foreshadowing of Christ. The entire Old yes. Testament is a foreshadow yes. of Jesus Christ. Every single lamb that was sacrificed, yeah. every single bullock that was sacrificed was a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, and it happened on a daily basis. And in fact, multiple times throughout the Old Testament, you see foreshadowings of even end times Bible prophecy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Events get, that are going to take place in the book of Revelation or even at the first coming of Christ. Yeah. So are you going to say that because it already took place then, that it's not going to take place? Yeah, like it didn't a, take place when Christ like a, came? Antiochus Epiphanes, right? That's the big thing. They're like, well, he did an abomination of desolation. But it's like, yeah, but did he? But And I acknowledge that that happened mm -hmm. with Antiochus Epiphanes and that he was an Antichrist. And right. that, you know, um, he was that king of the north. That's in Daniel chapter 11. That yeah. happened. But it's going to happen again because, I mean, 
I, I acknowledge that that happened, whatever he did in the temple, but it's like, but did he, did they give life unto the image of the beast at that time? No, that didn't happen. And did all that dwell upon the earth worship him? Yeah, that didn't happen. Because yeah. well, when the Bible says all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, it's referring to complete global control. Yeah, see, that, that's, that's what they have. The Roman problem. Empire had, you know, all these, all these antichrists that came before, you know, come before the, the real antichrist. All of these had permeated power throughout the, the, their known their world. Region, the but known however, world. the antichrist in the book of Revelation, Revelation 13, has the entire world. Entire world. Yeah, they only had the known world during exactly. that time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's why we know, that's why today, all this stuff has a lot of meat on the bone. Because only in this modern era with technology, and that's really only in the last, you know, 100 years or even decades, right? Like ha half a hundred years, half a century, that technology really starts becoming this... Uh, global worldwide thing to where everyone's connected i mean so preterism really it falls apart in a lot of areas and again we're not saying that these things did not take place because it would be foolish to deny that antiochus epiphanes was not a form of an antichrist obviously he was okay and the reason we know that it's not the antichrist is because what we see in daniel chapter 7 chapter 8 in regards to the antichrist doesn't really match up perfectly no. with the antichrist in the book of revelation no. So what does that tell us? Does that tell us that there are two separate antichrists? Yeah. Yeah. One of exactly. them was a foreshadowing of the other. Yes, he did have an abomination of desolation. He made it desolate. He caused the sacrifices to cease. But hold on a second. Did he, Everything that it said about him was not fulfilled yeah. in the book of Revelation. He didn't die and ascend out of the bottomless pit. That exactly. didn't happen. That's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, what the, the, you know, these people that think that that's what happened, they got, they got another thing coming. Yeah. There are many coming. days of the Lord. Because the day of the Lord is characterized by wrath, right? Whereas when you look at the day of the Lord in Revelation chapter 6, what about the sun and moon being darkened? Yeah. yeah. What about the stars of heaven falling unto the earth? What about the, 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 you know, the, the fourth part of the trees being burnt up and the, the green grass? What about all of the marine life being killed? That, that, that hasn't taken place. What about the waters being made bitter? Yeah. That hasn't taken place. Else? From what I've heard them say, a lot of revelation is metaphor. So it's just a metaphor. It's not really going to happen. Yeah. You know? It's just a metaphor. Okay, so let's, let's, let's talk about that. So one of the things that, um, one of the, their weak points, you know, the breaches that they have in their doctrine is this matter of the millennial reign. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they believe the millennial reign took place from uh, the ascension of Christ all the way to 70 AD. Okay, and you have your different categories. Some will say it's, it was literally a thousand years. Others will say, well, it was just symbolic, and we're in this. We're still in the millennial reign. He's ruling in our hearts. Yeah, he's ruling in our hearts. Okay, now, big problem with this is that in Revelation chapter twenty, what do you have? You have the ant. Excuse me. You have the devil being bound right for a thousand years, that he should deceive the nations no more. Yes. Now, hold on a second. Right. And that is in tandem with the millennial reign. That's why it's referred to as a thousand years of being bound, thousand years of the millennial reign. So if from the ascension of Christ all the way up until 70 AD, Satan was bound, then you would have to have a dramatic change in the structure of the world. Yeah. There should be no more false religions. There should be no more lies. Yeah, what about for, so you are, even if you want to throw in, well, that whole uh, millennium, the whole thousand years up until, you know, <laughs> 1000 AD. But it's like, too, we're talking about the most wicked times on the earth. On earth. Yeah. Like, what? The founding of the Catholic Church and all its wickedness is like, too. I mean, I'm sure they said there was Christ ruling and reigning on earth then, right? Isn't that what he is, right? The vicar of Christ. Wicked as hell. Like. How about this? You know, so it's like Catholic doctrine. When, the, when uh, Jesus Christ resurrected, yeah. let me read to you from Acts chapter 1. It says in verse number 6, it says, And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So, we know, according to the book of Revelation and also the Gospels, that the 12, the, the 12 disciples were to rule over the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. Well, then you have a contradiction here because yeah. apparent, according to their question, they're not ruling. Because yeah. he hasn't restored the kingdom. No. Whereas they think, well, no, no, it's a spiritual kingdom. Then why are the 12 disciples saying that you have not yet restored the kingdom? Yeah, where's Peter right now? Like, <laughs> doesn't It falls apart. Yeah, yeah. Satan is not bound. Satan is not yeah, bound. Exactly. He's still, he was still deceiving the nations. And let, let's take the other amillennialist slash preterist view where they say from the ascension of Christ and we're in the millennial reign right now, it's figurative and you know, it's going to end at the second coming of Christ, which 
They claim that the second coming of Christ is when Christ comes on a white horse in Revelation 19. Well, you got yourself a big contradiction because in Revelation chapter 12, well, first of all, let me just say this. If Satan is bound for these thousand years in the bottomless pit, then why is it that in Revelation chapter 12, he's in heaven standing before God and then he's bound, he's cast to the earth, not into the bottomless pit, you know, and he knows he has but a short time, which is what kicks off those 75 days of great tribulation. It's, it's, a, it's foolish, it's nonsense. Yeah. You know, and people, they, they don't have an answer for those things, okay? Now, another thing is this, is they'll, they'll say, well, the resurrection has already taken place too. You know, and look, do, do we deny that people resurrected after the resurrection of Christ? No, we don't. No, that happened, yep. Yep. right? I mean, people got resurrected over the first coming of Christ when he was just going yeah. about in his ministry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he resurrected Lazarus. He resurrected the dead son. You know, he resurrected a lot of people. He did a lot of miracles. And even after his resurrection, there are people who came out of the graves. Yeah, the tombs were open. But not with a glorified body. Right. Not with a glorified body. Yeah. Okay. But hold on a second. So let me, let me say this because, you know, the Apostle Paul did teach preterism. Okay, let me let me find it for you real quick. I keep thinking when you said like, oh, he's ruling in our hearts. I keep thinking about like you know that kid from Captain Planet, heart. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like fire. Win. The Apostle Paul like, taught preterism, but he didn't teach it was biblical. In fact, he taught that it was a false doctrine. Because he oh, said yeah. in 2 Timothy 2.18, right. who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already yeah. and overthrow the faith of some. Well, if the resurrection was, you know, if that was, if that was a view that the, the apostles held to, then what is the apostle Paul talking yeah. about? Shots fired. Right. So you know what he's saying? That those of you who believe that the resurrection is past already, you're erring. And you know what? You know what? And you know what Jesus said? Ye do greatly err, not knowing, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. And ultimately, your faith is overthrown at that point. <laughs> yeah, your faith is overthrown. Yeah, you know, because here's the thing. Let's talk about the biblical resurrection. It's a new body. Yep. Yep. Amen. First Corinthians 15 distinctly describes a different type of resurrection. Yes. Where no, we, we put, put, put off corruption, corruption and we put on, put on incorruption. Amen. You know, it's, it's a natural body is buried and a, 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 a celestial body is resurrected. Yeah. It's completely different. Yeah. It's a sinless yeah. body. We shall see him. We shall be. That's why like is. when Paul was talking about that, he's like, there is a celestial body and there is an earthly body. It's yeah. like he makes a distinction yeah, between exactly. those things. Yeah. Yeah. So the resurrection is for you to say the resurrection is past already. Yeah. You know, then that is a false teaching because of the fact that we are not resurrected yet. You would, that would claim to say that the second coming of Christ has already passed, which is that's what they teach. Mm -hmm. They believe that the second coming of Christ was 70 AD when he came to visit Jerusalem and he, he basically destroyed it. Okay. Now, did he destroy Jerusalem? Was Jerusalem passed about with armies? Yes. Yes, of course. But hold on a second. You know, there's still coming a future compassing about of Jerusalem in Revelation chapter 13 or 11, 12, and 13. And he, here's how we know that that didn't take place back then, because it says it, it was done for 40 and two months. Yes. Three and a half years. Mm -hmm. Now, he, here's one proof to show that this whole preterist thing falls apart, especially when it comes to the second coming, is this, is that the Bible tells us that every eye shall see him. Amen. Not every eye has seen Christ. No. Nope. You know, and so, um, you know, it's stupid. It's like yeah, it really said, stupid, uh, though. It wouldn't say every eye shall see him. It, it would have just said, for example, like only they that pierced them would see him if the yeah. preterist view was true. Yeah. Because if he only came to Jer or Jerusalem, right? Yeah. And it only applies to them. Right. Then the only people who would have seen him was those that pierced him, not every eye. Right. So how do they explain Revelation chapter 7, the great multitude which no man can number of every nation, tongue? How do they explain that? Right. Because yeah. the second coming of Christ is synonymous with the rapture. We're not raptured. Yeah. <laughs> and that's right? why, like, studying this stuff is what I, this eschatology, which is just whack, um, is that the main thing for me was, like, man, these guys just have so many avenues. And then every single one of them believes something different, of course. Every teacher of it believes something different. It's just, like, you just got to know the truth. I mean, you got to study out um, 
you know, the poster pre-wrath position on your own, and basically, which is the truth, right? And the thing is that I, what I noticed is that these guys, like one, this guy, he was like, well, I was pre-trib, I have a lot of questions, but then at the end of his thing, he had a bunch of questions and a bunch of holes still. He's like, well, I, well I'm a partial preterist because, you know, a, and he, he didn't have an bunch answer for me. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, I mean, there's no certain. I, mean, I don't want to say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a arrived or anything, but it's like, I mean, I do know the timeline. Like, I, like, I do Be know the fundamentals. In faith. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. I know, I know this, and I think that everybody in the new IFB or that are Baptists, I mean, I mean, you, 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 you got to know this stuff because what I learned being in, in the NIFB and stuff is that not everybody really knows the end times doctrine as they should or as you think they do. Like you come across a lot of people, there's well, like, they might know it on a, they might know it on a surface, on the surface level. but they yeah. need to know a little more. Like you know, it needs to be a little more than just you know hearing a couple sermons and stuff like that. Like you, you, you got to know what you're talking about. I mean, that's what I think. So I, I think that you should have, you should be able to give an answer to these people. Yeah. Because I'm able to, like, this guy on Instagram, like, he can just ask me whatever, and I got an answer for it. I mean, I just got an answer for it because I studied it out. It's because it interests me. It's, it, so, seems know, like, it, it seems like, it seems like, unless you, t you tie it into, like, ushering in the kingdom, yeah. that preterism just completely lacks eschatology. Yeah. You know, unless you tie it into ushering in the kingdom. Yeah, like, which, which would just leave room for, for a bunch of people to make whatever doctrines they want. So another thing that I heard is they were, because I think it was on my sermon on the Mark of the Beast, someone said, oh, don't you know the Mark of the Beast has already passed? I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I was looking up what they believe about that, and they were saying how, you know, the coin, Nero's coin, you know, that was the Mark of the Beast, because no man might buy or sell, save he that had the Mark. Now, that would make complete sense if you use the modern versions of the Bible. Because the modern versions of the Bible do not say that the mark of the beast goes in the hand yeah. or in or the forehead. In the forehead. <laughs> right? It, says, yeah. it doesn't say that. It says on. It says on. So it's like, put it on, you know? But even then, it's just like, so you put a, a, put a coin on, on your forehead? It's like, that's a stretch. It's very weird. It's like what they do with quarters when they draw the trace around the quarter or whatever. Yeah. And look, they can't, I mean... How do they even, no, no, yeah. what's their interpretation without using some false wicked heretic right. to back them up? How do they prove that there was a false prophet who called down fire from heaven, right? Yeah. From Revelation chapter 13. But I think with these kinds of people, it shows the importance of why you should know your Bible when it comes to that. And you can be firm on what you believe on that because you have scripture to back it up, right? Yeah. You don't have this, well, I had a vision that Jesus is coming sooner, this and that. Like you, you have verses, show me in the Bible. Right. They're not going to show you, you from know, the Bible. I They're going to show you from Josephus. Yeah. They're going to show you from like I other can, books. You have to go outside I, of the Bible yeah. and outside of sound Bible preachers. And when and when they get presented with verses, they'll go into, well, I just know it's true. God has showed this to me. Maybe he hasn't shown it to you. Pentecostals I've talked to say that. And what the thing is, like they, they tie the ushering into the kingdom into this dependence on signs and wonders to prove that you're saved. And that's why you've got those weird churches like Bethel Church where they, they think that they have these seven mountain mandates where, where Christians have to permeate society and be in total control. And like the way that they're going to establish if they're really Christian or not is if they're going to have signs and wonders. But we know that's, that's one of the signs of the false The Antichrist. Yeah. That's going to permeate that's, the world. That's yeah, how he's going to deceive people. Yeah. Is, hey, I, like a false prophet's yeah. going to call down fire from heaven. And in, in the whole mark, and, yeah. Yeah, great point. Yeah. And with the whole mark thing, it's like that's not the only time I mean, there was actually in Germany their currency was called the mark yeah. and then in, after World War I when the Great Depression happened and stuff I mean it got hyperinflated and it crashed and that yeah. caused like World War II and the rise of the Nazis and stuff so it's like a lot of people well, how about thought, in France when, uh, they, uh, when they changed times and yeah, seasons yeah so a lot of people thought right? that, that was a lot yeah. of people thought that was the mark of the beast because it was actually called the mark and then the, the currency was crashing there's all this like global currency going on and like World War II happened they're like oh dang we're in the tribute yeah like talking about France <laughs> that guy I forgot who the, the leader was at that time but he basically like set up like his own image of the yeah, bees yeah, yeah, kind of thing um, um, like yeah, yeah you, I think you know the yeah, name. yeah I'm the one that, yeah, Revelation yeah. 6 8 says and I looked and behold the pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him and power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth a fourth part of the earth that's a metaphor yeah exactly <laughs> so what is that metaphorical for like what is what does that represent because here's the thing, they'll, they'll, they'll get scriptures where Jesus says in Matthew 24, you know, this generation, and they'll take that as literal. Yeah. But everything else is symbolic. Yeah. You see, at the end of the day, what it is is you need to be balanced yeah. in your interpretation. 
of end times Bible prophecy. Because we don't want to take the pre-tribbers uh, explanation and, and just completely negate what the preterists are saying and say, well, none of what they're saying is true. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't want to take the preterist view and say that none of it has taken place. Mm-hmm. It's a balanced view, which is, yeah, some of these events have already taken place, but that does not mean or negate the fact that they are a foreshadowing of something that will take place in the future. Now, where do preterists stand on the uh, great white throne judgment? Uh, well, if they're not saved, they're going to stand afraid, <laughs> fearful, and unbelieving. You know. So, so that was their thing. This guy was like, "Well, I'm a partial prayer because you know the judgment's coming," in. and he's like, "Oh, everyone's going to get judged too." So it's like, "You're not saved, bro." So it's like, <laughs> so that's what. Yeah, then, he did say that. He's like, "He's like, I'm a partial preterist because you know there is events in the future." So I'm just like, I just don't know what you're talking about." Who's the guy from the video? That yeah, you the guy watching? from the video I was watching. Yeah, partial preterist. If you say eschatology, jump in a lake, bro. <laughs> and if you're not saved, make that the lake of fire, son. <laughs> Isaiah 65, 20 says, There sure, shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that ha- hath not filled his days. For the child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred years old shall be a curse. Has that happened yet? And this is talking about the general population. Mm-hmm. This is not referring to just a few people. This is a verse talking about the millennial reign stating that this will be the life expectancy of the general population, right? Well, we don't see that today. I mean, that would contradict what the Bible teaches us that, you know, people will live up to 70 years, 80 years with strength, right? That's, that is the boundary of mankind right there. So they make this. So hold on a second. So if that's what, you know, David said, inspired by the Holy Ghost, then what they're saying is, well, no, this is already taking place. No, it's not yet taking place. Because the conditions are still the same, yeah. you know, and, and, and Satan is still the God of this world, you know, so. So they're saying, uh, I, I heard one of these guys say that the millennial kingdom, the thousand year reign is basically um, between 70 AD and when Christ was crucified, right? From the ascension, I've heard from the ascension of Christ. Ascension. All the way to 70 AD. Okay, but it's the, the, the number of years yeah, is pretty much it's the same. approximate. And they say, well, in Revelation, it says, uh, which things which must shortly come to pass. Mm-hmm. Meaning to say, oh, these things are right about to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And they also say that at that time that Satan was bound, right? They say that, right? Yeah. Then why does, um, why does Jesus say to the church of Pergamos, um, I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is? <laughs> You know, so <laughs> we got to make some memes out of this. And, and all, it's just when any, that's a good point, though, says that the millennial reign, a thousand years isn't a thousand years. It's like, dude, get lost, bro. It's <laughs> a thousand years. What, what do you think lying? millennial means? Like, <laughs> he's, not lying. He, he's not the author of confusion. Why would he say a thousand years if it's not a thousand years? A thousand or how about this? What about Peter? Millennial is just I, metaphor. Hey, it's if Peter, if, if Satan is bound for a thousand years right. during this time. Then why did Peter say that Satan, as a roaring lion, walketh about yeah. seeking whom he may or devour? Paul says, Satan hindered me. From, yeah, from Satan coming. hindered me, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, how is that spiritual? Because he's like, he bound him with the chain and put him in the boss face. It's like, dude, it's so, it's so literal. It's like, what's this chain? What's, what's the chain symbolize? It's like, dude, it's like, it makes it so literal. And then I, think we got these, a, I think we got a preterist in the house. A lot of these, a lot of these preterists, like for some reason, they think like Titus, Emperor Titus, like when he compassed Jerusalem, uh, who wasn't the emperor at that time, so don't try to call me out. He later <laughs> became the emperor, but they try to like make it like like he's Apollyon. So this guy was like, he was like all, he was like from Revelation told, nine. Yeah, so when I told him like, well, that was Titus when he, you know he came and destroyed the temple in seventy AD, and he's like, well, then the next verse he sends me is like the verse about Apollyon leading the the locusts, and I'm like. Like what does that have to well, do? Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this: <laughs> When Titus, during Titus's reign, did a lot of people die? Yeah, tons of people died. Yeah, so that's another thing. He was like, oh, they're like, um, oh, a lot of the early church fathers, early church Christians, you know, they thought they were in the end times. Were like, yeah, well, no, duh. Well, I mean, wait, wait, let me time. let me make this point though, because when Titus reigned, because he claims that they he went that Apollyon was Titus, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And that he was killing all these people. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't make sense because what he's saying uh, is that the locusts, uh, right, uh, are the soldiers, right? Yeah. Let's read from Revelation 9, verse uh, 5. It says, And to them it was given that they should not kill them. <laughs> Wait, Shots what? Fired. Read that again. I'm sorry. 
and to them it was given <laughs> that they should Slow. not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he strike at the man. Hit him with that pastor. Anderson. Symbolic. Not it's symbolic. Them. Not kill them is symbolic for killing them. <laughs> so they it say. It makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. The guy said a thousand doesn't really mean a thousand because in the bo book of Psalms where it says, Calvinist. My <laughs> God owns the. Uh, uh, owns the cattle yeah. on a thousand, hi yeah, thousand hills. Is that, is that the verse? Yeah. Or am I butchering it? A thousand hills, right? So it's like, does he only own cattle on a thousand hills? So like <laughs> nine hundred ninety-nine plus one thousand hills, like, and that's the only verse he uses. That sounds like you, you're actually for their interpretation. Yeah, I keep getting these little blows. Like. Yeah, <laughs> we got some infiltrators here, or what? What's going on? Here? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it just has a lot of holes in it, you know? I, I will say I'm surprised they haven't, like, tied it's that into to the thousand years just being a day. <laughs> yeah, a thousand years is like, a day. I'm sure yeah. that's what they say. Like, another point is this. Why is Peter writing about, hey, be, uh, be vigilant about Satan, you know, yeah. in First Peter, if he's bound already? Yeah, yeah during the millennial reign. Yeah. Why is, why is Peter writing about it then? And, he's a, and again, they'll probably say, well, it's a spiritual binding yeah but the thing is is that in revelation 20 it says that he should deceive the nations no more yep. so if that's the case why is paul saying that satan is the god of this world who had blinded the minds of them which believe not yep. lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them amen if there was no hindrance to that he's referring to the fact that satan deceives people he lies to people he blinds them from believing you understand mm -hmm. you see in the literal millennial reign i don't care what anybody says it's going to be the most receptive time in all of history because of the fact that Satan will be absent. Yeah, he'll yep. be bound in the bottomless pit. Yeah, he's means. bound in the bottomless pit. It's, it's hell. By Apollyon. <laughs> so, not Titus? What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where they get that Apollyon or Abaddon's like he's a, he's a bad guy. That's what they like. They all think he's a bad guy. It's like, no, he's not, bro. Why do they, what do they say? They just say he's a they, bad they person? Think, they think he's a bad like, angel? They think he's like, yeah, they think he's like, he's a bad angel. They're probably, they're probably just scared of his name or something. <laughs> well, they think anybody who like is destructive or is sent forth to like destroy is like bad, right. but they don't better, recognize well, that like well, God better, destroys better, the world. Better, yeah, you better. Well, I mean, to them, he's not really on. I mean, a lot of these guys are not on their side. You know what I mean? But he's on my side. He's gonna pass over me. And that was a good point you made about him too. That I think he is the, the angel of death. Yeah, I absolutely. That point. I think yeah. he is that destruction. Angel of death. He's the one that passed over. Yeah. He's that yep. one. He's that guy. Watch that Revelation chapter 9 sermon on the YouTube channel. That was a good sermon. Fuego. Fuego. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say about the, about the, um, <laughs> the army of the horsemen and 200,000,000? ,000. What do they say that is? They don't. They don't. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you – because here's the thing. is like if you take everything as symbolic, it's like, man. And th that's the danger is when they say everything is symbolic – it's open for interpretation for anything. That's what the Jehovah's Witnesses do yeah. when they when you oh hell symbolic yeah. right hell, they just write it off oh it's just symbolic and I think like Jesus Christ wasn't really uh, resurrected like as a physical resurrection like what the heck handle me they said, he said. <laughs> yeah. and you know Pastor Anderson makes a good point for a spear like, hath not flesh oh, and bone yeah, yeah. 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 Pastor Anderson makes a good point on that like the symbol people will be like well how do you know it's not symbolic or how do you know it's literal I mean because it's pretty obvious when it's symbolic and it's obvious when it's literal I mean yeah Revelation chapter tell. twelve when you see the woman. Right, standing, and she has the stars over her head. Symbolic. It's all symbol. You think there's a literal woman out but it's in like, space? But it's like, <laughs> but you can make the symbolism with it because you're like, oh, all the twelve stars. Joseph seen that in the dream. The mm -hmm. twelve tribes of Israel. I mean, you, it, it, it's like it's our. If you've read the Bible, by the time you get to Revelation, I mean, you know what he's talking about there. It's not like you're guessing and be like, what is this? Like you never heard it before. It's like, I mean, come on. Bro. Why even call the book Revelation if everything like happened already? I mean, why, why should we, we read it? Here? Revelation chapter 20, verse 10 says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Is that symbolic? Is being tormented day and night symbolic? But here's the thing. You know, I guarantee you some of these preterists, you know, I, I guarantee you a lot of them are just not saved. Because if they're getting this from the Seventh-day Adventists, which believe in annihilation of the soul, yeah. you know, they're buying into that. And by the way, if anybody believes in annihilation of the soul, you're not saved. Yeah. 
Maybe they're not even real people. Maybe they're metaphors. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they, like, believe, like, in... <laughs> they believe... Why are you giving them ammo? You're an allegory, like, Preterist. <laughs> why are you giving them ammo? <laughs> it's like they live in, like, some sort of matrix. <laughs> like They get to that point in their life where they're just studying Preterism so much, and they're like, I think I'm an allegory. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm, and then they just disappear. They just dissipate and disappear. <laughs> Talk about being transparent. <laughs> That's why Paul's Corner exists, folks. <laughs> so at the end of the day, the, the proper view of you know end times Bible prophecy is that many of these things, yes, have taken place, and. They, they're a foreshadowing. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it say that it has to happen only once. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Nowhere in the Bible does it, does it say that. You know, it, it, the, the, the idea there is that God is basically teaching us using past fulfillments of these prophecies to help us to understand the future fulfillment of it. Because otherwise, what happens to the end of the world? Yeah. Like, how does the world even end? Jesus cited his second coming as like the days of Noah were. Yeah. I mean, the whole world knew there was a flood, and everybody died. <laughs> so yeah, so, you, so yeah. Why would he mention? That's Noah? a great point. You know, because he also he also says that, the, you know, the end of days are as the days of Lot, right? Sodom and Gomorrah, fire and brimstone rained down upon that city. Now let me ask you: Was the fire and brimstone being rained down upon Sodom and Gomorrah was that symbolic? No, it literally happened. So that means, you know what, the days, the day of the Lord, that will literally happen as well. Because fire Amen. will be raining down upon the earth during that time. So, yeah, yeah, a lot was, of breaches. That was one of the things that was frustrating me, like, listening to this. is like, okay, so you're saying that there's nothing globally connected to the Bible. Like, that's pretty... Yeah, it's basically saying that the Bible's not relevant today. Yeah. End times Bible prophecy is not relevant to us today. That's true. That, that's basically... That's basically what it is. And that's kind of the route that the pre-trippers take. Like, they say, yeah. like, oh, Revelation's not for us. It's for, yeah. like, the Jews or something, but you know? But that's why I was going like, to that's that's get to that verse. Uh, Revelation 1-3 says, Blessed is he that readeth and that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And, and you know, we are blessed for understanding this because, like he says, you know, he that hath the ear, let him hear. And that means you understand. Not just that you heard it but, or that you read it, but that you understand it. And we do have understanding of this. And, and, I, and I'm, you know, 100% sure that I know the truth on this and that, that we do have, have, the, have the real interpretation of, of Bible prophecy. And, and it's a blessing. And the more false doctrine you hear on it, I mean, the more it, may, it makes me know that, yeah, I'm right. Because I immediately hear where they're wrong. And that's why it's frustrating to get through, to listen to these people. I mean, it's frustrating to study this stuff out because it's like they're so wrong and they're so off and they just start on this whole other drawing board. Like they're on, they're in a whole different field. It's yeah, just ridiculous. They go on left field yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to I hear a Baptist. Put it in the comment section. Uh, uh, independent fundamental Baptist. I don't care about what everyone else says. I want to see an independent fundamental Baptist that teaches preterism mm -hmm. that you're getting this from. Like, you say, well, man, you got to watch this video. Well, are they a saved, independent, fundamental, King James-only Baptist? Yeah, what's their gospel like? Yeah, what is their yeah. gospel like? Do they believe in, you know, faith alone? Mm -hmm. One saved, always saved, you know? Yeah, and these people, surprisingly enough, when you're you getting it from Ellen G. White. When you click on their That's channel, a woman. <laughs> yeah, a woman preacher. A woman preacher, folks. There's no video. A vegetarian, <laughs> cornflake making, <laughs> well, yeah, soul annihilating. That's why I like Frosted Flakes. <laughs> Child of Satan. Child of Satan. Ha! That's why I like Frosted Flakes. Ha! Ha! Bless God. They click on these people's channels and there's no gospel presentation. There's nothing like, there's nothing at all really about the Bible other than what things may mean. Her heresy is blatant. She's a child of Satan. What? You're like the. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, on my I'm sorry. Are, are we still on? Are we still, are we still talking about this? Hey guys. I thought that last line was it. <laughs> I thought we're still freestyling. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh. So the moral of the story is this: is that <laughs> what? Don't be preterist. <laughs> the moral of the story is this: is that you need to rightly divide the word of truth. Sure. You know. And and look at the source of that. What's of that tree? Like, where does that come from? Yeah. You know, that comes from Ellen G. White. You know, and I'm sure there's Baptists out there who maybe who believe in. They're kind of ashamed of that. 
they're just like, man, it kind of sucks that we get our doctrine from some heretic woman. Ellen Gates. It's it sounds like the epitome of being carried about with every wind of doctrine. Absolutely, you know. If the thousand year millennial reign ended in 70 AD, right? And it says, when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And then skip down a few verses. It says, uh, then fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, uh, where the beast and the false prophet are. Did that happen? No. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> the spirit of Satan is still here. Satan is still around. He's still the yeah. God of this world. Yep. What are these people talking about? Like, yeah, there's a lot of breaches in this doctrine. But it is important that we expose it, even as easy it is to debunk it. It's important to expose it because, you know, it does feed into end times Bible prophecy. And you just got to remember that every false doctrine that's out there, you know, has elements that condition people to take their eyes off of what's going to take place in the future. Yep. You know, it's like nothing to see here. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know. New World Order, nothing to see here. Antichrist, he already came. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we were talking about, I think, like Sunday, how it's like super easy for them to accept the rider on the white horse. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's safe. Because they're yeah, because because <laughs> they're, they're so all millennialist and preterism. They're they they kind of blend in sometimes. Yeah. And because they'll say that, you know, the millennial reign is, is symbolic from the ascension of Christ to the second coming, which they say the second coming is when Jesus Christ comes on a white horse in Revelation 19. Well, you know, I mean, come on. There's uh, the person who's coming first is the Antichrist in Revelation chapter 6 on a white horse. Their yeah. attention is on the horse, not the rider. They just, they're looking at that horse, man. Dang. Bars. <laughs> Should we just end it on that, that or what? That was... <laughs> All right, tune in next week. Tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> When Brother Hightoff Macy. <laughs> That's good. When that Jesus really comes good. with all those well, on a white horse, there's going to be a lot of horsepower. A lot of horsepower. 10,000 of the same? How much horsepower? We probably should have ended it on high snow. We, we probably should have ended it on high. I'm going to have to edit that out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We actually literally took the entire podcast to talk about preterism. Nah, come on. We got to keep going. People like to listen to this. Oh, but it's a lot to edit. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Obama's a man. Yeah. Okay, so man. we're going to talk about Obamagate. Um, so uh, Obama is married to a man. <laughs> <laughs> More like Obamagate. <laughs> <laughs> Who put that T on there? What's yeah. that for? Trans? <laughs> <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael and I. <laughs> you want to talk about Obamagate for a little bit? We can uh, do that. Yeah, we can just talk a little bit. So originally it was called a Spygate, but now it's uh, Trump. The president's coined been it, calling right? it Obamagate now, yeah. big time, because more is coming out on him that he was involved in it. But really, what it is is that um, is well, a lot of it's about General Michael Flynn um, in his case, basically right. that they framed him, said that he lied to the FBI. But what really, is is that basically so in our country. Right, we know that they, that because of Edward Snowden that they, that the NSA uh, that they, they they take all our metadata, right? And they store it in uh, it's called the project's called a uh, Prism, and it's stored in Aurora, Colorado, and they have these giant hard drives there that just collect all of our metadata, all the information off our phone, right? Gets stored there. Well, no one looks at it, right? But you have to get you still have to get a warrant to look at that, right? So in that warrant to look at that it goes to the FISA court. Right, so you have to get a warrant to the FISA court, but it's like a secret court, and it's just like a, a specialty court. It's called the FISC, and it's uh, and then you go there and you get a warrant, and then now they could view what you said, right? So they did that. Well, it's coming out that they did that, and then it got his name got uh, unmasked in these conversations with this uh, ambassador Kislyak from Russia, and I, what, I really, what I really think is that they set they set up um, the deep state. They they set up the Obama administration because I mean. These guys aren't stupid. And um, I think that they did it on purpose and they knew that they were getting spied on, but it's gonna end up coming out that Obama and them, they, the Obama administration, it spied on Donald Trump, his whole campaign, who was the future president. So it's like the old president, you know, the outgoing president spied on the incoming president because they, they thought they were gonna get him out of it. They thought he wasn't gonna get elected. And then once he got elected, they thought that they were gonna get rid of him and they didn't. And I think that, you know, Trump really had it. They had it planned and they knew what they were doing. And now they're screwed, and it's, it's going to end up coming out and blowing 
this whole thing out the water that they basically spied on. So what do you think the purpose of this whole thing is? Like Obamagate, you know, if we're to tie it into what's taking place and, you know, the whole QAnon and end times Bible prophecy. Well, it has to do with propagating that nationalist, that nationalist movement and, and validating it big time. By yeah. making the yeah. contrary party look evil. Yeah, like the deep state. Yeah, exposing deep state exposing and, and you know, state. anybody who thinks that like, oh, this can't happen, but it's happened before. Because nationalism has rose before. Yeah. Read about the 1930s. It's not. This isn't the first time this happened. And then when you look into who General Michael Flynn is, then you start realizing that, dude, this is really these guys are going against the military and who's their its own fraternity and its own secret society, right, of generals. And these guys are hardcore nationalists, hardcore Americanists, <clears throat> and Trump's with them. And it's like they ran an operation against the these these. These guys, these dorks, these college dorks, right? These guys thought they knew what they were doing, and they went. They went. Ray up has against, strong opinions about this. They, they, well, <laughs> they went up against the American military, who's been doing this for. De for I mean, they, this is what they do. Yeah. And these and these dorks went up against these guys, and they they got them. It's like check and mate, and mm -hmm. they're screwed now. And and they're basically this globalist regime is is getting replaced by this new regime. What are you gonna say, Hike? You're gonna say some what? Oh, Speaking to the mic. <laughs> It's that abomination of desolation, right? <laughs> oh, snap, the abomination. You just, you just keep giving the preterists like all kinds of like animals today, man. It's like, it's already taken. What just said is pretty much like the preterist viewpoint. Did you get converted politics. today by watching like, those videos or something? <laughs> yeah, like? You like LNG White? <laughs> yeah, well, so it's still developing, so we'll see what happens over the next. So I think leading up to this election, we're going to see more and more of this stuff come out because a lot of people are like, oh, oh it's never going to happen. But I mean, now it's starting to really come down. It's really starting to come down the pipeline. That it's going to happen. They're going to ex exposing the deep state is, is part of it. Yeah, it, it has to guys. happen. These things have to take place in order to basically magnify Trump, magnify the Republican Party, magnify nationalism, patriotism. Have you guys necessary. seen Elon Musk's Twitter, uh, his little icon, his, his avatar or something like that? It's basically like a photo of fire. I, you, I can't really tell if it's like ascending or descending oh, no. from heaven. It, it, it's supposed to be of his of a SpaceX rocket going up, but it looks like it's coming like fire coming down from heaven. And it's crazy. Mm. Check it out. You got the <laughs> fire coming down from heaven. I, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Put the little SpongeBob. No, really, check it out. Where have we heard that? Do you want me to go on the internet right yeah. now? Or? Check out his Twitter. So what do I do? What do I type in Twitter? What? Uh, Elon oh, yeah. right here. Let's see here. See, like that's his rocket shooting up. It's just like a, what do you, what do you call it? When you, like a, a, it looks like it's coming down. Shot, yeah. Yeah, I think he's that on purpose. Yeah. And this is him making Mars into It's a metaphor. Planet. Wow. Mars was the god of war, folks. Just keep that in mind. And he said, we're going to Mars. Woo! So let's give some shout outs. Brother Edmund from our church wanted a shout out. So shout out to Brother Edmund oh, yeah. from our church. What's what's from, um, from where? San Bernardino. San Bernardino, him yeah, and his family. Why does he want a shout out? Man. Hey, dude. Why are you hating? You're preterist. You hate our church members. <laughs> 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 Sympathizing with preterists. He's like, I want a shout out on the podcast. I live in San Bernardino. Drinks bang. I, I think what Hike is trying to say is, what up, Edmund? <laughs> I think what Hike meant was, what's up, Edmund? Thanks for giving, <laughs> wanting to shout out. It was a metaphor. Hike just said was, was uh, what Hike was just saying was an allegory. It was an allegory for Edmund. want to give you a shout out. We love to have you what's in our up, church. Edmund? What's up, Edmund? <laughs> Great guy in our church. He's doing a lot of soul winning. Uh, and so blessing to have him in our church. And then, uh, let's see here, we have Alfredo Bautista Pastor. He says, hey, Pastor Mejia, my name is Alfredo Bautista from Tijuana. I've been trying to reach you for a few weeks now, but no luck. Can you tell me what day and hour is best to call, please? My main question is, what do we need for our brother to travel to Tijuana to help us in preaching and soul winning? Gracias. I would like to send a shout out to Gustavo Diaz from Delicias, Chihuahua, Mexico, saying animo, hermano, and hope you can travel here soon. Hope to hear from you soon, Pastor. Kind regards, Alfredo Bautista. So, you know, right now our schedule is kind of packed out. We're just trying to maintain what's going on here with this whole stupid coronavirus thing hey, going about. Out there. <laughs> if we send Ulysses out there, he won't come back, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> he won't be able to come back. We'll never see him again. 
<laughs> oh, a coyote. We could get a coyote. So, you know, uh, Brother Alfredo, shout out to Brother Alfredo, uh, Bautista, uh. and his friend, um, Brother Gustavo Diaz. But uh, to answer your question, probably won't be anytime soon, but definitely sometime in the future. We, we wouldn't mind going out there, doing a missions trip, training some guys out there to do some soul winning and preaching. I would just say be patient with us for, for now because, um, you know, right now we're just focusing on what's going on here. We've got a lot of drama taking place in California. Oh, that's what we're supposed to talk about. California, California haters. Oh, yeah, California haters. Hey, what's up with these California haters? Nothing is up with them. Oh. Nothing at all. <laughs> hey, let me just what say this, okay? Of? I don't know what they're scared of. California scared of is awesome. The hood, boy, what? <laughs> Look, folks. <laughs> California is awesome, okay? And and a lot of people want to leave California and say things bad things about California and you know, but but let me just say this is that you said what's good about California? Everything. They just can't hang. Sunshine, blue sky, you base tree, it off baby. of people base California off of well, it's a democratic state. Well, I'm basing it off of the how receptive the people are. Yeah. I'm basing it off of how receptive the people are. Do I have a great church to go to? That's what I'm basing. That's the most important thing. Who are these guys, Republicans? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and here's the thing. You can flee into another city if you want, you know, from California. But here's the thing. As goes California, so goes the rest of the country. Yeah. Sure. It's funny because, like, people were, like, talking crap about California saying, oh, you know, they're going to make mandatory vaccines. New York just passed mandatory vaccines, even if you're still a Christian. It's like... Dude, you're trouble on every side. Well, hey, <laughs> hey, if, if you're scared of the mandatory vaccines, you better get saved, baby. Yeah. Get that resurrected body. And guess what? I already got a bunch of vaccines when I was a kid before I even had a chance to choose. So I got a bunch of stuff in my body that I'm not happy about. So I'm not, you know, trying to, that's not the war I'm trying to fight. I definitely want to expose vaccines because vaccines are wicked. They're wicked as hell. And, you know, I don't want to put foreign substance into my body and aluminum and all that nonsense. But at the end of the day, you know what? I got a resurrected body. You know, this, this corruption shall put on incorruption. The Bible says, Man. so if you're scared about the vaccines and what's going to happen, should I just move to a different state, you know, and, and should I do this and that? Well, what you need to do first and foremost is get saved. And then the second thing you need to do is start laboring for the Lord and, you know, uh, start earning some rewards so you can yeah. get yourself a better resurrection. Man. It's all mm -hmm. about fear because these guys are like, oh, yeah, but what about guns, though? Second Amendment. But it's like, do you care? Do you have a gun because of Second Amendment or do you have it because your state lets you? Mm -hmm. Because if, if it's Second Amendment, then I thought California can't regulate against Second But I thought, yeah. I thought you can't regulate against So why don't right. you carry anyways? What are you afraid of? Yep. Break the law. Break that California law. Stand for, stand for your right. If then. that's what you believe. And then, yeah, that's what you believe, right? You're so hardcore about it. And then these guys are like, oh, this one guy is like. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you guys talking about, about, about jitsu, jiu-jitsu and stuff, fighting. He's like, but I'll just shoot a guy. It's like, so if so someone punches you, like if you get in a fist fight, you're just gonna shoot him? Like, what are you, coward? Like, like yeah. that's wicked, bro. Like you're, 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 you're gonna kill somebody? Just because, because they, they punch you? Because they punch you? Because they get in a fist, why don't you fight The back? wrath of man worketh not the righteousness you're, you're, of God. You're, so you're gonna murder somebody for punch, because that's not a justified <laughs> killing. Yeah, you're afraid yeah, to take a wicked. beating or what? That is wicked. <laughs> that's wicked. So just because your state allows it, like, well, my state allows it, so it's wicked. Yep. <laughs> There's no Calif Look, people want to hate on California, but the reality is the preaching's hot. The soul winning is good. The weather's, weather's awesome. Hot. The weather's awesome. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, guess what? I'm not a Republican. Yeah. Nah. Okay. I'm not a Democrat either. I, I can't even hear California bass. haters. Man. I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a child of God. <laughs> so guess what? This world is not my home. You know, I'm seeking for a better country, the Bible says. Yeah. You're seeking for the country of the United States of America. <laughs> you want the United States of America to repent and to get right with God and all these things. But guess what? It's too late for California. Yeah, it's yeah. too late for the rest of the United States. Yo, yo, and you want, you want to know what's really going to happen to California and the rest of the United States? Tell us, Pastor. Tell us. Revelation 17 and 18. Read that. Babylon. Man, all of it. Yep. <laughs> It's people, all going to be destroyed. People, it's going to be a habitation either, of devils. Yeah. Yeah. People Don't preach on the podcast. Too yeah. late. Too late. <laughs> I already said it. This whole podcast was basically preaching. Pastor Mejia, son. Pastor Mejia, son. You know who I am? Pastor Mejia. I love California. Love it. I love California. I'm never going to leave. I don't I don't Food's plan on leaving yeah, anytime. The food is the best here, dude. Tacos, I trucks. I like Thai food across when the street. When I lived in Arizona. You know, all those haters could go jump in a lake, dude. The worst part about Arizona was the food was whack, bro. Especially the tacos. <laughs> Oh, I can't agree bro. with that 100%. Thing, well, Culver's is Culver's, man. Culver's, yeah. They got we don't Culver's. Got Culver's. That's yeah, the only thing yeah, they got. Yeah. But okay, well, I give it to that. people. The on Mexican that. food in Arizona, 
garbage. Arizona is just Eastern California, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tacos suck, hey, for all of you California haters out there, you know, why don't you come visit and, and pay a visit to our church one day and you'll see why we love California. You hate us, but we love you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We'll show you some of that California love. Okay. And that's what our church does. We show California love. Yeah, that or jumping the gospel. a lake. Or what? <laughs> Said that or jumping a lake. Both, both, are, both are good. Man, Paul. <laughs> A, a cold lake on a hot day, you know. <laughs> they, ain't got, they ain't got lakes nowhere else. Only in California. I'm just kidding. Is man. that true? I we'll show you love. <laughs> All right. We'll end it on that. We were supposed to talk more about California haters, but I think we, we surpassed the time. I don't here. even think we should give them that much, you know. Yeah. yeah. California is awesome. Yeah. You know. Texas is overrated. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> so let me, uh, let me just mention this is that we're going to be having a contest soon. And, um, you know, we have to figure out what the contest is going to be. But whoever, not breakdancing, <laughs> not pop locking. No, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know in a future video what the contest is going to be. But, but, the, but the prize for the contest will be this. The prize for the contest will be that we're going to fly someone out within the United States. Within you know, Babylon. Within, within <laughs> Babylon, okay. We're going to fly you out to be a part of the podcast. Yeah. And to be a part of one of our church services to go soul winning with us and just hang out with us. And so stay tuned for that, okay? Because yeah. we will have that contest. We've got to figure out what the contest is going to be. But we've already decided on what the, what the prize is going to be. The prize is going to be whoever wins that contest, we will fly you out. You know, we'll put you up. And um, you'll be a part of the podcast. And, you know, you'll, you'll go to church on a Thursday or Sunday or whatever. We'll go out to eat. We'll give you the California Amen. the California. You know, Southern California experience. Unless, unless you've already made a comment hating on California, then you no. automatically exclude yourself. Or you made one of those comments, it's like talking to the mic. It's like, you're just <laughs> You're done, <laughs> man. Hey, you're done. All right, gentlemen. Well, we're signing off. Make sure you tune in next week for the Rod of Iron podcast. Everyone, have a good night.